It doesn't take a wizard to beat the nutrition game. Ring those bells, clang those chimes. Milk and cheese each day three times. Meats are easy points to play. Eat two servings every day. Next come vegetables and fruits. Four full servings down the chutes. Take four foods made from grain to score the bread and cereal lane. Add them together and what do you get? A super diet, you can bet. This message presented by your local dairy council. Joe. Jacques. What is the best part about dating 29-year-olds? What? There's 20 of them. Hey! <laughs> Welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Joe. I'm Jacques. And uh, we're here, not in our regular place. No, we've actually got Joe out of the basement. Uh, it's a big day. Uh, ticker tape parades are coming. Uh, and we are on location for our first non-Joe man cave uh, podcast. Yeah, it's pretty sad. Well, we're, so we went from one man cave to another man cave. <laughs> and do you want to introduce the man cave's owner? We are, uh, yeah, we're going to give out our buddy Robert's home address, all yes. his tax information. <laughs> uh, we are at our buddy Robert's house. Say hello, Robert. Hey, guys. How's it going? Well, now that we're here, uh, we're at Robert's location because Robert has one of the coolest man caves we've been to. It's uh, his own personal walk through 1981 through 84. <laughs> one eighty-one through 84 arcade. Uh, we will we will post pictures later of of some of the games. Uh, we will get into Robert's uh, gaming obsession. You know that rivals Joe. That rivals nobody else other than the people in uh, King of Kong. Yes. That we'll get into. But that's uh, that's what we got on tap coming up in uh, this week's Carnival personnel. But Joe, to start off, let's get right into this week in awful. Yeah. So. I mean, there's so much awful in this week to talk about. We should probably drill just down a little. Pick one or let's yeah, pick one or two things. No whammies, no whammies. And we land on the Morning Joe fiasco with Donald Trump tweeting about Joe Scarborough's Morning Joe show and him and his wife, or soon-to-be wife, Mika. Yeah. And you can take it from here because I'm just I'm 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 choking on my own rage here at how dumb this is. Well, the the thing is, unless you've lived 100% under a rock, everybody knows the tweet that went out. And again, you know, he has the the pseudo leader of the free world has nothing better to do than to pick fights, mostly with people in the media who don't kiss his ass. And he just starts tweeting out, it's one thing if he tweets out, you know, these guys I don't like, you know, whatever. But he has to go and just say the most awful, misogynistic... And he's not even doing our podcast. He's not even doing our (laughs) podcast. But literally, it's one of those things where you wake up and you see this and you're like, "Is, is this the onion? Because... You just can't wrap your head around somebody tweeting the things that he... And about the insignificant things. He's upset because they're picking on him. And it's all TV things. Like, if it's not on television, then it's almost not even acknowledged by him in the social media. Right. I mean, if if he... Picked a fight with the people protesting, like, you know, the EPA announcing this week that they're going to start looking into climate change again because they're not sure the science behind it. At the same time, they've fired 90% of the scientists at the EPA. But it's like, it's nothing to do with anything except morning chit-chat shows and picking fights with women, mostly in the media. It's it's funny because they, I haven't seen him tweet anything about um, Colbert. Well, he had the one thing. He didn't even come out about the Colbert thing. But it's like what about, what about Con- Con- Conan can say anything he wants, and he doesn't tweet anything about Conan. He doesn't tweet anything about Jimmy Kimmel. He doesn't tweet anything about anybody else who makes fun of him, who doesn't like him in the media. It seems to be he likes to pick fights with. Well, he makes fun of SNL. He picks on SNL. He picks on SNL. But I'm talking like you know every single night at the the beginning of all these late night shows, they open with their version of this. Week and awful. However, they get to do it daily, so it's this daily and awful. But have you ever seen him go after a Conan or go after 
You know, even a, even a Letterman when a Letterman you know was around, or any of these um, guys. I think he went over when um, Colbert said that Trump was Putin's cock holster. That kind of ruffled his feathers. I think Donald Trump Jr. was offended. Or, and uh, I think, didn't he mention that Barron was, you know, was was watching or is now, you know, reacting? Right. Right. So why is your 10-year-old up? At yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's not like that he doesn't know that these things are going on. But yeah, he does have a proclivity to pick on those that uh, he, he tends to strike first, in, in my opinion. Well, not according to the White House. Part of oh, this right. week in Awful is, you know, Sarah Huckabee comes out and says, well, he didn't start, like, he, I didn't start, he didn't start it. Like, that was... Yeah, he, like, oh, you're right. If, if he's attacked, then he'll strike back ten times harder. And it was funny. It's like, in, in the debates, I remember, you know, when Hillary said, oh, he's Putin's puppet. You're the puppet. You know, <laughs> no, he, wrong. He literally argues. Like, you know, we have, we have children. You know, my children are younger. Robert's children are really young. Your children put together a better argument than, no, you started it. Uh, I, I think they're well positioned to be the next president of the United States if they can. <laughs> yeah, right. Out. Very presidential of them. <laughs> but right, and, and that's the thing. And you know, you have people running to his defense, and then of course, you know, you know, Conway saying well, it's not the awful things that he says; it's that the media keeps talking about it. It's like it's the media's job to report. Trump has said his Twitter feed is the official statements and policies. Of the office of the president. And now he's starting to block individuals, like non-verified. These aren't like celebrities that he's blocking from his official Twitter, twi Twitter feed. He's just blocking people. Which we will not sidebar except to point out that that's illegal. Because if these are official statements, there's lawsuits going on now. If you're blocking people from the official statements from the White House, that is against their, their amendment rights to... You know, hear these official statements. I never liked that censoring. amendment. No, exactly. <laughs> but he did seem to <laughs> like the, the Irish press this week. I don't know if you saw that no. uh, sidebar. So, on a, on a call with the Irish Prime Minister, um, our president took time out to acknowledge a um, a very fetching uh, Irish reporter and called her to his desk and you know made the comment that I bet you know you don't give the the Prime Minister a hard time in your country, do you? Because it was all about her credentials. Absolutely, a hundred percent. But he certainly um, she, you, can appreciate smile, the foreign press. He said something. About it, you have a pretty smile. A pretty smile, yeah. You know, which you know, so do, so does Anderson Cooper. All right. Did he say it was magically delicious? As well? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that does does he not know? That the guy in the Lucky Charms box is not the prime minister. Is he, is he been brought up to speak? <laughs> right. Where's that little guy? Does he have his pot of gold? Right. But um, the, but the part of this week and awful is again his awful tweets and the follow up, the official follow up from the White House. You know, PR staff is, well, they started it, and it's the media's fault for reporting the awful things he says. Yeah, and that awful fake news has pushed him so far, uh, the president, that is, to uh, rebel against the news, so much so that now he's using his own, I guess, photoshopping abilities, or he's commissioning his own fake Time magazine covers for his golf clubs to promote his image the way he perceives it and he probably the way he wants the rest of his club goers to see him which which i think we should just start you know we got this week in awful and a new segment this fucking guy this fucking guy yeah i think yeah i think we might be the three millionth podcast or some sort of media to use yeah, this fucking guy you know because three million is exactly the number of fake votes right let hillary win the popular vote as well fake podcast fake podcast <laughs> But that's the thing, again, and I've already said it, if you wake oh, then up... Oh, don't say it again. Okay. Okay. Good night. <laughs> if you wake up and you read the... Sh is this the onion? Is this a spoof? When you see that Time Magazine has sent cease and desist letters because he hangs a fake cover of himself... And, and the thing that is so puzzling that Time came out and says is he's been on the cover 14 times. But they really got the, a really bad side from him. Do you know? I mean, like and the, the hair. Yeah, the exactly. Hair. The hair wasn't, you know, it wasn't up to his liking. But um, yeah, but I like how uh, the New Yorker responded. So the latest New Yorker cover is it's a stencil drawing of Trump uh, on a white background, black, kind of like a, a coloring book, like a black stencil, and it says the New Yorker at the top. But there's a you can see a red crayon with a White House symbol on it. And over the words, the New Yorker is scribbled out in red, 
with the word time written over it, and then pointing arrows to the Trump photo is, you know, Trump is awesome, we love this guy, you know, he's the greatest, and, uh, and then you just, it's just fantastic. And Well, my, my, my two questions with it, in all seriousness, how deep do the psychological problems run that you need to have a fake time life you know photo in all your girlfriend i mean like truly who would do something like that i tell you who would do something like that me robert (laughs) when i when i was 12 years old and i went to hershey pennsylvania i posed at one of those booths and it was like hockey player weekly and i had the you know the the fake hershey bear uniform on and it was in a cheap cheap frame that hung right next to my rush mirror in my little room that i won at the wilmington carnival one year and that hung on my room so i put that up when i was 12 and i think god how long did it hang up there i think when i was 12 and a half I realized, what the fuck is this? You know, who are you fooling? And it was funny, and it was a cute thing for a 12-year-old to do who loved playing hockey, liked to pretend that he could be on Hockey Player Weekly magazine. Not a real magazine, fake news. But I, I literally, it, I don't think I hit the teens when I realized, yeah, there's something, there's something... Uh, Wrong with that. Wrong with that. Yeah, so I, ju- I just pulled up now, because I, me- I remember seeing this on Twitter. Twitter is great, not for the president, mind you, but for everything else, uh, making fun of the president. So one comedian um, said, well, you know, if he's going to make up fake covers, why not go all out? And somebody put together the ESPN cover with Trump on it, playing tennis in the tidy whitey shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and it's an ESPN magazine cover exclusive the absolute best athletes of all time the fan issue um, for ESPN magazine and it's just um, how, how deep do the psychological problems run or on the other hand let's, let's look at it from the other side the old saying it's like Pat Riley said about Larry Bird in the 80s it's like he's playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers and it's been a tribute to other things before I like to take it one step is he playing you know three-dimensional chess from Star Trek while we're playing checkers? Is this a brilliant move? Because no one for a good 48 hours going into the holiday weekend was talking about the new healthcare bill CBO score that has gone from 23 million to estimating over the next 10 years, 33 million people will be thrown off of healthcare. Not the people who won't be able to get healthcare, but the CBO score came out saying that this new bill that is polling at about 17% favorability right now, is going to throw 33 million people off healthcare. We're talking about a fake time life thing in his personal golf courses versus something like this. Is he is he that much of a brilliant tactician where he's... I don't think so. I don't think this was... I mean, this was something that had been hanging in his golf clubs for some time, I think. I think it was just sort of... Maybe he's playing the long game. Yeah, <laughs> is this the, the 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 tail wagging the dog, as they say? But serious. But has anybody been talking about that? Like forty eight hours going into the weekend, I'm sure people have been talking about it. But it isn't. But as, smart people, it's not as hot visually, right? Uh, it doesn't. It doesn't spread virally as much as you know uh, this fake time cover does. So it's not as it's not as sexy. I mean, right. or Mika and Joe. You're right. Exactly. Right, right. If you talk about that, you're not talking about and, and and all the things that are going on behind the scenes. Like Mitch McConnell tried to rush. There was a talk they were going to try to secretly rush the bill to the floor on Friday before everybody leaves for the holiday weekend because the media checks. I mean, like, look, everybody else is done. By by noon on a Friday of a holiday week, and they're not getting shit done the next four or five hours. They're worrying about driving home. People in the media are no different. So literally, who's going to be getting into the weeds on that kind of stuff on a late Friday afternoon? But the vote luckily didn't happen. But seriously, it's like part of me thinks... Maybe he's not smart enough to do it, but definitely the Paul Ryans are smart enough to use the smokescreen. Mitch McConnell, love him, hate him, hate him, is smart enough to say, oh, everybody's looking at Morning Joe stuff over here. Let's see what we can get, you know, squeezed through while nobody's looking over there. But honestly, what if there was no Morning Joe type stories and there was a uh, focus on the, the, the health care bill? Like, honestly, to, let, let's kind of be honest. What can the public do? The public can do what it has done, and truly, the resistance of uh, showing up at town hall meetings, calling senators—that has actually happened. The great, the great thing about 
when something bad happens is how it galvanizes people, how people were galvanized around 9-11, how people, you know, come together in these bad moments. The fact that people have come together since the election and it hasn't wavered. People are showing up. What I love, one of the things that is great is more and more of GOP senators and Congress people are not having town halls. They just stopped having town halls because the viral videos of people being you know, forced to answer these questions. There was a couple great things where people did the A, B things, you know, in the news where uh, a woman in a wheelchair who needs, like, Obamacare, who was saved by Obamacare, is meeting with their GOP representative saying, please don't take this away. I lose this wheelchair if I lose this. No, I'm not going to let that happen. And then they vote for it, and here are the people, you know, facing off again. So more and more GOP people have been doing uh, telecalls where they take pre-calls coming in, yep. but they're not meeting with town halls but a bunch of democrats have openly said and and it's been great they're going to other districts they're going to they might represent district five in 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 ohio and the republican in district six won't have a town hall so they'll have a town hall in that person's district saying i will answer your questions about it i'm not going to talk bad about him i'm not going to steal the votes because you're in the wrong district but you have a right to ask questions about somebody who has access to the bill that you can't see so what can people do it sounds cliche but it's true picking up a phone and just calling and you call the senate office you call congress they say i live here they will send you you don't even have to know who your representative is they will give you the email address absolutely every senator every congressperson on the state and, and, and federal level you can email them and one phone call equals 10 emails one handwritten letter they say is the equivalent of a hundred phone calls yes i agree with all of this and so it, you do it all this the, this call to arms of ca calling your senator and calling a congressman is still going on online and through social media i think there's there is a place for both i mean yeah i do think it's stupid that we are focusing more on the the, the more trivial stuff uh, only because it's it is taking airtime away from the larger issues, but I don't think the larger issue. There are so many large fucking issues that are getting equal attention. I mean, honestly, I think it's just like we, we I think, are probably so fatigued at the awfulness of this administration and all of the atrocities that they're that they're working on that we kind of need a respite from that a little bit like the morning joe thing is sort of like the lucky charms bowl of cereal that you're like cheat on <laughs> every once in a while it's like you know what fuck it i'm i know that you know this is awful thing this awful health care bill is going through but i just want to focus on this this stupid uh, morning joe feud just for like today or tomorrow and then we'll get back to the health care bills being cobbled together by 20 republican guys uh, behind closed doors well uh, you know it, it's one of the things and again to answer a rhetorical question of what you can do, I'm learning very, very slowly, which, let's be honest, the fact I'm learning anything at all. That's kind of the pace you learn at. You're not going, I'm not going to convince, just hypothetically speaking, my seven-year-old fox-watching parents that everything they're hearing is wrong. But I've gotten a little better about planting seeds that help by making it more personal. I'm not going to convince them that the health care bill they're getting through is awful, but I will just bring up one thing. It's like, oh, I'm concerned that your grandson, who was born with a with a club foot, will not be able to get insurance because of a pre-existing condition. I don't know what I'm going to do about that going forward. And I don't point the finger and say, the people you voted for are going to keep your grandson from doing this. But I'm trying to get better about you're not going to convince anybody on one thing. And you're not going to convince anybody by saying, here's the 10 awful things about the guy that you have voted for that don't affect your daily life. But when I find one thing that we, we have, we're shamed, we have gay people in our family. Mm -hmm. But when I've said, like recently, I'm concerned because the new Supreme Court appointee has said he's not sure that the case is closed on marriage equality. And we know lots, you know, there are family members that we have who are gay people married. And when you point out, it's like, yeah, but what, where does this put them? Does it mean they're grandfathered in? I wonder what would happen with them and, and make them think about something else that isn't that. Kind of grease the wheels a little bit. But literally just plant seeds here and there. But, so we, we've had this week in Awful. We've had this fucking guy. And now a new segment... 
while you were sleeping, and and it's like what we're talking about, where the morning Joe distracts from this, what happened while you were paying attention to this? And actually, there was a little good news while you were sleeping this week. When 9-11 happened, there was a rush to get a bunch of stuff through. There was a rush to get um, Palpatine extreme right. power a grand army <laughs> for the republic and a lot of a lot of laws went away of checks and balances of whether you can send troops in without getting permission from congress without running through the thing the the president was given more unilateral ability to just send troops whenever he felt fit and that was supposed to be a temporary thing. Like, instead of going through this whole thing to start the Iraq, you know, Afghanistan thing, let's let him do what he needs to do to go get these bad guys. Let's smoke them out. Yeah. Well, that was in 2001. That, you know, I think that went into effect September 15th, September 16th, 2001. It's been the law of the land for 16 years. Finally, a, a um, I believe her name was Barbara Lee from California, brought it to the floor the other day which she has brought to the floor so many times. And she was just, wow. Like, her Twitter afterwards, like, wow. Because she brought this forward. Because it's turning out, it's not, there's no transparency. It's, there's been no press release that we actually have an estimated 500 boots on the ground in Syria. We actually have gone past sending a couple advisors, helping send X, Y, and C, part of the coalition there that's that's fighting it's gone the next step and we have boots on the ground nobody in congress was told about this there's been no press briefing technically there's no law that says the white house has to disclose when they sent troops from point a to point b and how many but it's trickling out that we actually have boots on the ground fighting in syria right now and so she brought it up saying at one point this was supposed to go away it's time to make this go away. The, the checks and balances of sending troops has to be put back in the hands of the people, your, your, your yeah. elected representatives. Right. And they got an overwhelming, like, it had to be put to a vote to be officially put to the floor after the 4th of July recess. And they got, it was something like 85, 90% of the votes to agree to bring it to the floor, which they were stunned with. Because I think a lot, it was one of those laws where a lot of people didn't realize, oh, fuck, that's still in effect. Because half the people in Congress weren't there when the law was put into effect. It's not something that, that is, is talked about every day. But the official name, Authorization for Use of Military Force, AUMF. Uh, so look that up. So while you were sleeping, something positive actually happened in ways of limiting, like, the uh, Chancellor's extreme power. Yeah. I love democracy. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else that we need to touch upon that... Robert, do you see the NRA yet this week? I, I saw parts of it. I didn't see the full story. Did so you not see the whole thing because you were scared shitless and you uh, hid under your desk? Okay. I, I was trying to sleep. Uh, ah, hey, right. good luck. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, the NRA put out this ad. I don't know where it airs. I'm sure it airs on television in, like, the Midwest and the South. But online, you know, thanks to the it internet. It airs in America. Yeah, it airs in America. The, uh, the ad is basically a call to arms against the, uh, the whiny liberals. They do not say, get a gun. And go shoot the first person with a microphone at a news truck. Right. They do not say, shoot the first non-white person you see. But they make it really clear through the voiceover and the images that this protesting has got out of hand. That the protesters are forcing the poor police to do their job. You know, as a response to, I don't know how many un unarmed civilians have been shot just in the past like year alone or people rounding up at, at protest but it shows all these clips of, of protesters and the police and it says they're forcing the police to do their job and it's not enough the police can't do it alone they need you to fight back so when the nra the national rifle association tells you you need to help the police fight back and most of the protesters um what's what's that term 
aren't crackers. I'm trying to think. <laughs> aren't, if they, they just happen to be people with permatants uh, yes. are, are protesting, and they're saying flat out, this is all caused by the media. The media is... Is uh, how does she? They're say using it? their influence. They're using their Hollywood connections. The former president is leading the resistance. Is exactly the words that she says. The former president is leading the resistance, whipping people up into a frenzy that the media is perpetuating that you're being X, Y, and C. But they they do not say get a gun, shoot the media. And then shoot anybody not white. But they make it really clear they would like you to get a gun, yeah. <laughs> shoot the media. And, and again, it's like I'm watching this and I'm like, God, this is, this is something out of one of those dystopian futures when you see this. And then you hear the pushback from people in the NRA saying, this is, no, no, I'm not going to go along with this. But again, it's it's just the world we live in yes it's a crazy mixed up world how did this not make this weekend awful <laughs> well how about a new segment this weekend honey i just shit my pants <laughs> <laughs> yeah so enough with the this weekend awful in this fucking guy yeah Let's get to, to to why we're here today. We're here again with our guest Robert, who's popped in a couple times. Robert does have an impressive man cave. It's maybe like your basement. I see some gym equipment that hasn't ever been used. Uh, it's in like new condition. And it's in like <laughs> it's ten years old, and it's like I, I can make you a very good deal on that, Jacques. If you're uh, interested, does it look like I'm interested in gym equipment? <laughs> but why we're here is. Uh, visiting Robert and his family uh, a month or so ago, a couple months ago, I was uh, unaware of his love of gaming, much like our friend Joe's, but blown away by his love of gaming manifesting in a good dozen actual old school refurbished arcade games that, Joe, this is your thing. Yeah, so he has um, right now to my right, I can see uh, nine arcade cabinets, six of which are functioning, right, Robert? Yep, that's correct. And uh, three of which are still in the works. So I'll go down the line. Galaga, Defender, Donkey Kong Jr., Dig Dug, Millipede slash Centipede, Popeye, Burger Time, Return of the Jedi, and Seawolf, which is, it looks like it's from the like, like late 1970s. You got it. Um, these are all fantastic. And, by the way, all of which have their own customized keychains <laughs> to go with the coin cabinet. Got to uh, have the customized keychains. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah. So, you know, Popeye has a, a, a literally a three-dimensional Popeye keychain to go with it. A burger time has a burger, uh, et cetera, et cetera. These are all fantastic. You turned them on earlier. Uh, I got to play Dig Dug for about, uh, you know, five minutes before. I humiliated myself because I'm not good at Dig Dug, but this is sort of this is what I would aspire to. First, I aspire to buy a home. Secondly, <laughs> I've aspired to buy a home with a basement that I can finish and and, and house uh, these types of machinery with it. Until then, I'll have to settle for my my emulators and uh, you know the uh, the evil emulators. But for somebody who uh, games on a budget, that's sort of our you know that's sort of the. The, the route that I have to take, but uh, I guess it, we'll probably spin this off into a, uh, more of a sideshow, but I guess maybe briefly, maybe you can sort of touch upon like how you got into collecting and what, you know, when you started collecting and then, you know, kind of where you are right now. Sure. Uh, thanks, Joe. Pleasure to be here. You guys are always welcome here. Well, this is your house. The game. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is. This is my house. And I'm actually happy to be here as well. Right, right. Um, at least until my wife kicks me out. Like, <laughs> oh, buying no. too many arcade games. Yeah, right. Uh, no, my, uh, my love of arcade games go back to when I was a kid. You know, I Grew up in the 80s. Um, I spent a lot of free time back in the, the local arcades. They were dark. They were fun. They were cool. They had the latest technology. I mean, even the the place that we all hate to take our kids today, Chuck E. Cheese, used to be a true arcade, right, back in the day. It wasn't about the tickets. It wasn't about the uh, the special prizes that you, you get at the end. It was about the latest arcade games. And so I spent a lot of time there as a kid growing up. And, uh, and then actually my father had, had a friend who um, he was a lifelong bachelor and had a lot of toys and had a man cave. And he had a couple of early games, one of which was Pong. Uh, and I was like, wow. I never you, heard of it. What is that? It, it, it's, it's, it's one that's out there. <laughs> but I was like, wow, you've really made it. This is just ingrained in my head since I was like six years old. You have made it if you have an arcade game in your house. How cool is that? That's well, Ricky Schroeder. Oh, Ricky Schroeder. Silver Spoons. Yeah. And I love Ricky Schroeder and Silver Spoons. That that was and there's the a train here. There actually is a train. There's a train. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that that was when you talk about and Dexter Stuffins, my attorney's gonna come yeah. down. <laughs> <laughs> wow, did we go deep? Yeah. That's a deep cut. Right. But when you say here you had a personal hero who had a machine, it's yeah. like the fact that everybody who saw that was like, oh my god, they really must be loaded if he have a real exactly. video or game. like, can they do that? Like, is yeah, that, is that legal? legal? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's only supposed to be in a restaurant or a bar right. or an arcade. Yeah, right? someplace seedy. Right. <laughs> you know. Well, so what, what? What year are we talking? So this is, you know, my first love of it. We're talking about 82, 83, 84, right in the prime, right before the bubble burst. The first yeah, the, right, the gaming burst. crash, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I had an Atari 2600 like probably every other kid on the block, although I wanted a, an Intellivision. And yeah. I'm still bitter to this day that I did not get an Intellivision. You will someday. Uh, I, I, I'm Climb gonna, the I'm ladder. Would you like <laughs> to come trying. to Joe's? Because Joe does have an uh, Intellivision. I do not. Well, that's the one don't you don't. spread lies. Oh. Fake news. Fake news. We're on eBay later, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, again, I, it just ingrained to me from an early early age this was something really cool to have and and I like you know like everyone else I kind of got you know hung up in life and then all of a sudden probably about three years ago I don't know if it was my mini midlife crisis or just my uh, my love of gaming I didn't have time I found that I have I have a ps3 uh, you know I've had all the playstations up to up to ps3 I've had the Nintendo's the Sega's etc but the games have gotten so complex and so much more involved and that's fantastic that's great but for someone who's like me in their early 40s you know, I don't have the time to sit here and, you know, understand the Patriots' true playbook so I can challenge Belichick <laughs> online, right? I've got 10 minutes at the end of the ga- at the end of the night. I'm tired. I want to blow off some steam. I want to have some fun. And nothing beats that like a joystick and one button. And yeah. that's what 90% of these games were. So it was kind of like, wow, hey, you know what? I, I never use my PS3 anymore, but I bet if I had, uh, you know, a Donkey Kong or a Pac-Man in my basement, I would probably play it every night. Uh, because you can turn it on, play a game in five minutes, and be done. Or, you know, if you're good at it, maybe 20 minutes. You mean it's not downloading updates as we speak? It, it is not. It <laughs> okay, is not. Great. It is pretty fixed. <laughs> um, but for me, anyway, I, I happened to go online. I actually went on eBay, of all things. And you can get these on Craigslist or, or lots of other places, but um, auction sites. I happened to find a guy who was selling a Popeye machine, which is a Nintendo cabinet, over in Tewksbury, Mass. And I said, oh. Okay, that's that's pretty close to where I live. I'm about a town away. Um, what, what what is the home address again? <laughs> we, have we got over that? The home address is yeah. uh, 1600 <laughs> Pennsylvania Avenue. Um, again, fake news. <laughs> But uh, I, I went over there and um, met this guy, and he was in his early early mid thirties, and his wife, and he had done the coolest thing, and that you know in his dining room, in his formal dining room in his house, he had three arcade games and three pinball machines. And I said, "Holy shit!" I was blown away, and I said, "You know why and how did you do this?" And he said, "Listen, I had an extra you know ten grand sitting in an investment account. I would day trade it. And I was like, this isn't really fun having these games having these games and having people over and having that's fun, right?" So I took money out. I bought a couple of games. He bought a couple of high-end pinballs like Adam's Family and um, The Simpsons. Yep. And he had uh, Popeye and he had Donkey Kong and he had another game which is maybe it was Gorf. And he said, you know, and here they all are. They're all in great shape and I'm selling the Popeye just because you know, we don't play it enough as I'd like to. I'm looking to get something out and obviously space constrained because these things aren't small. Uh, are you interested? So, you know, I probably sat there and shot the shit with him for about an hour and a half before we even got to the game because we're both, you know, so uh, geeked out by this and ultimately I said you know what I'm probably not going to get it I I went there thinking I wouldn't get it I was just going to look at it because it was 600 bucks and it didn't need any work. It, you know, the side art was redone. It was in perfect condition. Uh, and to this day, it's all the machines I have. I've had the least amount of problems with it. And um, I said, you know, we've got a lot of bills. We got kids. We had a dog at the time. I'm like, you know, I, I really shouldn't spend. I mean, I, I can go buy a new PS4 for 600. dollars Yeah. And so I went down to the bank and uh, took (laughs) took 600 bucks out and walked back to the guy's house and said, uh, let's do it. And then I had to get it home. (laughs) And I don't have a truck and I don't have a a big vehicle. And so I I borrowed a buddy's uh, pickup truck. The next day I went and got a, and realized they're actually pretty, they're pretty strong and pretty stable. Yeah. Um, You know, just basically got a uh, two wheel hand cart, um, took it down the steps, put it in the back of a pickup truck, took it home, plugged it in. I'm like, now this thing's not going to work, right? Because 
because I've moved it. It's an antique, really. It was made in 82. Um, Sure enough, have not had a problem. Fired right up to this day. Have not done one bit of work on it, other than putting in a chip so it saves the high scores. And like Uh looking looking at the rest of the machines, like it is the cleanest and most probably the most pristine machine that you have. (laughs) It is absolutely, absolutely. Uh, But he turned it on earlier, and we turned it off for the sake of the podcast, just so you wouldn't hear the do 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 -do startup music every five minutes. But it's it's. It's that I could probably go to sleep listening to, <laughs> to the to, to the startup music from Popeye, but this is kind of what I. Uh, so you're my hero. <laughs> what do you want to be when you grow up, Joe? I want to be Robert. <laughs> right, yeah. Perfect Joe impersonation. Uh, yeah, yeah, dead on, actually. Is that a Joe over there? I can't see too well. But these are yeah no, this is all fantastic. So yeah, I think we'll probably save the meat of the discussion for our sideshow coming Wait, up. Are you promoting our other show yes. on one show? Yeah. Shamelessly <laughs> self-promoting. Uh, yeah, we're going to tease this. When did you become me? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you, all right? That's that's my job is whoring ourselves out. I know. Sorry. You know, sometimes I got to turn it But, but we will on. because we, we wanted to have Robert on, but there was no way in a five to ten minute segment, you know, between this fucking guy and this week in Boston Breaker history, would we really be able to get into the weeds of this, but it, it, but it is. So come back later in the week. There's going to be a full Robert breakdown. We, we're not giving you know Robert the chance to to walk away. Uh, we're going to keep him here for the whole time. Yeah, and I'm actually rented a U-Haul that he doesn't know about. What? Where I'm, you distract him with something shiny. Actually, no, you, my drink tastes funny. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Just take another sip. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! <laughs> oh man. So what I'm going to do now is uh, I'm going to bring people back for uh, a message from our defunct sponsor of the week and it being summertime it's hot out there uh, boys and girls so why not take your family to the funnest spot in the new england area and you know what i'm talking about of course That was Whalen Park. Remember Whalen Park? I sure don't because I never went. <laughs> that was two of us. Yeah. Oh. Well, I was going to say, I just, you don't look Portuguese, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> What's your excuse? I hate you. <laughs> Most people do. <laughs> no, but Whalen Park, briefly, let's not just let, let that sit out there in the ether. Let's talk about Whalen Park and those types of old amusement parks. You mentioned Rocky Point earlier before we turned the mics on, Robert. Sure. That was in Rhode Island, right? That was down in Rhode Island on a great piece of land, um, known for having the wild roller coaster, the corkscrew, which you're I think right. had one corkscrew. Yeah, oh, right, right. had a corkscrew. <laughs> you're right. But um, man, talk about arcades. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, like those types of places like Rocky Point. I remember up in Salisbury, Paragon Park. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I went online and I saw that it, it, it went away in 84. Mm-hmm. Like it's been that long. And then Whalen Park went away in 2000, and now it's like, luxury condos like that's how what they do with the land but like all these things like you know we'll talk about this more in the uh, i guess on the sideshow but the death of the arcade and the maybe that might have because of the draw of arcades and and and, and family entertainment outside of the house is sort of dwindled you know in recent years because of home entertainment and things like that these types of parks have just sort of been uh, wiped away because they weren't sustainable like they, people weren't going it's sad it's sad that like you know we, we in the new england area we have two parks we have Kennedy lake park up in salem new hampshire and we have what used to be called riverside park which is now six flags new england in agawa massachusetts mm-hmm. so those are our two destinations for fun and excitement unless you're going to the wilmington carnival <laughs> the fourth of july weekend in wilmington massachusetts for all our uh, international faithful oh. listener yeah right yeah richard Plural, <laughs> plural. Uh, Richard, you know you're listening. Is Joe, it possible to still get tickets to the Wilmington Carnival? I mean, I've heard it. Demand we, is. It's it's hey, the the line to get tickets wraps all the way around. Uh, it's got the ticket a, booth. It's a ticket booth. It's got a, it's uh, which is about the size of those old Kodak film right, drop off right. things. No, but we were there today. It was great. It was family day. It was ten bucks for the whole family, unlimited rides, and some of the rides we had to wait in line for. 
three, maybe four minutes. Wow. What? Uh, yeah. It's it's and it was hot and it was, but it was great. I mean, it's like those, those little carnivals. And I, are those big everywhere or are those in New England? In New thing? England, like they have like a circuit. You know, I think it, like you mentioned in April, Revere. Uh, near the Soke Cinemas in Revere, Mass. Yeah, you were saying in April, when it was like 40 degrees out one day or one evening, they're setting up for their touring uh, festival. Yeah, like every town has their own weekend kind of set aside for these types of carnivals. Joe and I will post a couple pictures on uh, on Facebook, on Friendster, on uh, MySpace. Napster. Napster. Yeah, whatever. We're going to, you know, because, you know, of our day together at the at the park. Yeah. It was, it was a fun day. We know the, the irony is not lost on us that carnival personnel... Went to a carnival. <laughs> but I uh, know there were plenty of nice rides there. There was the zipper. Uh, oh, wait, that was the bathroom. Never mind. <laughs> oh! I suck now, so bad. At the bad. Wilmington Fair, did you get to see a, a life a life carny, a lifer carny there at the fair? Or was it more seasonal help? I, I, seasonal, I right. think it was seasonal help. I think there's a couple people in... <clears throat> Upper management, <laughs> who who might have you know really been the masterminds behind it, but yeah, I think it was mostly. I the, think I think the carny that we think of growing up in the eighties and nineties and stuff. I think that's kind of gone away a little bit. Like the the help is more like teenagers, you know, local folk uh, that may be you know that may have a college future ahead of them. <laughs> um, yeah, so like they're they're younger. They're just probably as inexperienced as the 35-year-old, 45-year-old lifer carny. But so, so here's how Joe rained on the parade of my nine-year-old today. My nine-year-old isn't what you would call a big athlete. But there was the basketball, and he wanted to win a poop emoji stuffed pillow. And it was only $5 for three shots. But then, Mr. I-Can-Do-Math Joe points out, how many tickets, uh, how many baskets do you need to win it? I think you needed like $30 worth. Of yeah, it was like you needed 18 So if you got all three baskets per $5, you needed to spend $30 to win a poop emoji. So worth it. Totally yeah, right, worth right. It. Totally worth it. Right. Well, I mean, like, you were mentioning, like, a radio show recently or years ago talked about the guy who spent $600 to win a $300 Xbox. Right. He spent he spent $300, and then he went home, and he came back with his life savings for the thrill of winning it at the carnival. And now, granted, there's no way my nine-year-old wants to wait for me to go home. Go on to the interweb, buy a poop emoji, get next day shipping, have it here on Monday for... Twelve bucks? Ten bucks? That's just selling out to the man. It really is. So- it is. Say it with me. It's a profit deal. Right, right. right. <laughs> Takes the pressure off. But it, but it was, uh, it was a good day at the Wilmington Carnival. Uh, I recommend going and seeing it. By the time this podcast posts, it will have shut down. Right. Moved on to the next town. Uh, yeah, actually, well, it's there through July fourth. So we're posting this on July third. So if you're in the Wilmington area, which I know you are, nothing better to do. Yeah, right. Robert. Yeah. <laughs> um, how late does it run tonight? You're right. I, 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 I think they're open till like nine or eleven or something. Ooh. Like that. No, in Wilmington, the sidewalks roll up at eight. <laughs> you also mentioned that, like in Wilmington, like at this location, they had the 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 white one schoolroom kind of building that was called the Fourth of July headquarters. Like this is their Groundhog Day. It is. Wilmington, I guess, lives and breathes for the Fourth of July. You don't understand, Joe. People come from as far away as Tewksbury. What? Yeah. Yeah, some, people come from all around for, for this cup of pizza. From from reading, <laughs> they put the other cup of pizza guy out of business. No, people come from reading. <laughs> you see what he did there, folks. But uh, yes, carnival per- the carnival personnel podcast made it to a carnival today. Right, we would have broadcast live from there, but uh, Jacques can't ride the rides because <laughs> no, he gets sick. His tummy gets hurt. No, it 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 is seriously. I I I call myself a little sissy curly man, but I've been told not to be misogynist. Don't be. Well, first of all, that's uh, insulting don't be to presidential. S- it's insulting to sissy girlies it is out there. Sissy girlies. <laughs> I know very. I know a lot of sissy girls that ride the zipper, and uh, well, that came out bad. <laughs> <laughs> Hey! Oh, uh, so yeah, that that was fun. So so now moving on to the the sports. You like sport, right, Joe? I love the latest news from the uh, local sporting squadron. Go, my favorite sports team. So of course, the world revolves around the New England Patriots. 
The big news from the Patriots this week, Julian Edelman naked on the cover of ESPN the Wait, magazine. Wait, what? Yes. I have to use your bathroom, uh, Robert. I'll be right back. Uh, and for some reason, it upsets people to have an absolute ripped 5'7 dude. Now, there we go, Robert. Oh, there we wow. go. Robert had it as a screensaver oh. on the phone. He has beautiful children that he doesn't have as a it's, screensaver. It actually, it's a, it's a GIF. Patriots it was moving. I don't know how to got it to move what like a that. gift it is <laughs> <laughs> the gift that keeps on giving anyways you know tom brady was voted the number one player in the nfl this year by the nfl players and that's what i like about the top 100 ranking that the nfl network does it's not a fan vote it's not a popularity contest you know with and and the great thing is all the talking heads there's so many guys doing the interview who flat out like yeah i hate the guy he's the best player in the league like last year he was the best player. A couple guys were like, I'm a really big Peyton fan, but how do you not say, you know, Tom's a go? Well, there was, to sidebar, one writer on Yahoo this week who had a, and if you can look it up, Michael Hurley, uh, CBS Sports in Boston, wrote a great article. First of all, Yahoo promoted this article by one of their writers who has less than 2,000 followers, but gave him gave his dissertation of why Peyton Manning is the greatest quarterback of all time and not Tom Brady, maybe 15 seconds on the Google machine, all his stats were flawed. Like his touchdown-to-interception ratio were wrong for, for Manning, you know, all these things. But so, as far as the Patriots go, the big news this week, Julian Edelman ripped ESPN, some people not liking it. Tom, the number one, you know, uh, player voted by the players this year on the NFL Network ranking. But more importantly, in this week, Boston Breaker history, which is shout out to Biff, big fan of this segment. Uh, Robert, well, first of all, what's your favorite Boston Breaker memory? Well, uh, my favorite Boston Breaker memory, and I'm going to go back to the original Boston Breakers, which is the USFL. Oh, I didn't preface it. That's all we're talking about. Oh, right. no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, like, right. I just assumed. No, welcome to 1982. Uh, yes. 83. Uh, oh, <laughs> God damn it. Oh, how's the I, I life think, in the I shade? Think... Is it cold <laughs> in the shade I just threw your way, Joe? Uh, right. two, two, two words, Marcus Dupree. That's yes. all I have to say. So good. So you actually, uh, like, I keep forgetting there's a lacrosse. Yes. Yeah, there is a current Boston Breaker. Boston Breaker lacrosse. No, this week at Boston Breaker History, Bittersweet. The only can say it is bittersweet. They won their last game uh, as a franchise in Boston. They moved on to New Orleans the following season and then on to Portland the year after that. This was the the last Boston Breaker game. Big, big home win at Nickerson Field over the Washington Generals. Now, not the Washington Not the Generals. Washington Generals. Because they still haven't won. They right. still yeah. haven't won. How sad is that? The Washington Generals got tired of being beat by the Harlem Globetrotters. <laughs> so they tried their hand at football. They lost a, a you know pretty lopsided 30, uh, 34-10 to the Breakers, but it also marked their last game. So, yes, big win, ending the season 11-7, 18-game regular season. Wasn't good enough for the playoffs, however. Yeah, shocking. So it was a great home victory. The packed crowd of maybe four to 5,000 people at Nickerson Field stormed the field. I just assumed they tried to pull down the goalposts. Probably didn't have enough people to do so, <laughs> even with the players' help. But yeah, so this week in Breaker history ended the Breakers franchise in Boston. Don't worry, podcast listeners. If we if we survive a year and we're back, I'll have more tidbits of information. We do. We are looking forward to the fall, Robert, and maybe I don't know where you stand on the beloved New England Whalers. Oh, the Hartford Whalers? No. no. See, oh, see, they became the Hartford Whalers. They started off as the New England Whalers, oh. the WHA team, before yes, they became the true. Hartford Whalers. Right. So, yes, they became, I believe, Gordy Howe played on the Hartford Whalers, not the New England Whalers. That sounds like a sideshow. You know, we could do several sideshows. Right. That could this. be an entire podcast. Uh, uh, do we have Biff? <laughs> do we have um, some Netflix podcast picks? Because that's next on the list. Yes, there's a list. Yeah, we didn't we didn't give you the heads up on well, 
virtually anything. Robert, are you no. a Netflix guy? I, I have. I'm a House of Cards guy. The House of Cards one. guy. House of Cards yeah. guy. Are, are you up to date? Um, I'm about a season behind, but I'm I'm getting close. I get, I, don't, I stopped like in early season three, so I'm way behind. Okay. Yeah. So I guess is he still president? He, he's still president where I am. Okay. Yes. All right. All right. In your world. In, my, <laughs> in our world. In my still, world, yeah. Kevin Spacey is still. I wish he was president. That's right. <laughs> I know. Really. You no. Know, I, I I watched the first season. I really was torn. I, whether I watch a zombie thing or Battlestar Galactica, if you're being shot at by you know robots or zombies chasing you, I can deal with that. It's the realistic. The worst people are the humans. And when I saw like season uh, season two, what well, when season one when Kevin Spacey killed. Uh, the Frank? reporter. Oh. No, no. Oh, 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 in, in, in the oh, car. His, oh, no, oh, the oh, congressperson. In the, Russo. Yeah, in, in the know, car, yeah, yeah. Who, who, you know. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn carbon monoxide. From four years ago. But that's it. I'm, I'm watching this. I'm thinking, well, that guy was a good guy trying to turn his life around, and Kevin Spacey just killed him. I'm like, I don't know if I can take this. But I stuck out season one, and then in the first ten minutes of season two, when he kills the reporter, I'm like, I can't. This is an awful guy. And you knew. You just knew where it was headed. This guy is going to be rewarded for his horrible actions by becoming president. And then, no, we're not talking about Trump. No. But we might as well be. Uh, but but is that a recommendation? Uh, yeah, I'd give it two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. I have a recommendation. I don't think I talked about it on the podcast. Uh, F is for Family. Uh, the animated series, which is now season two on Netflix, just came out about a couple of weeks ago. It stars Bill Burr. Do you know about Efforts for Family? I, I do not. Uh, it's 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 a very well done show. Bill Burr, uh, the uh, comedian from Boston, plays the father on the show. His name's Frank Murphy, and it takes place in 1973 to 1974. And it's basically uh, him raising a family that's kind of semi autobiographical to uh, Bill Burr's young life because there's a young redheaded kid in the family named Billy that likes to play hockey and is kind of getting into drums and all that, which is somewhat parallels the life of the real Bill Burr. Autobiographical. Yeah, a little autobiographical. But it's a funny show. It's R-rated. It's uh, it's over the top. It's not Family Guy-ish, you know, where there's a lot of, like, cut scenes and references. Yeah. But it's very, very well done. And it's been picked up for season three, so it's worth getting into. It's not like one of these, you know, shows that it's going to go away anytime soon. It's going to stick around, and it's only going to get better. You know, his catchphrase is, I'm going to put you through that fucking wall! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My Netflix pick of the week... Is Glow. Ooh. You fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> Joe's Netflix pick of the week last week was Glow. And I was a big fan of Glow growing up. We did not have cable, but it came through. It was on, uh, was it Channel 56? It was, you know, because it was yeah. a syndicated show at the, yeah. at sure. the start of Syndicate. Sure. That was the closest to Cinemax I was going to get when I was 12, 13 <laughs> years old. So last week when Joe recommended, I powered through half season one and uh, truly... It was a great recommendation. Thank you. you so know? that's a follow-up to last week's episode, which I'm sure the 20 people who listen to that are glad that they get to listen to your recommendation <laughs> my of my recommendation. Yeah. This is like Inception for podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know, hey, a broken clock's right twice a day. A blind squirrel finds a nut now and then. You came up with a great recommendation. Pick something else. I can't. I only had the only things I've seen. No, we've re- oh, you already talked about. Riverdale. I talked about River. Well, why don't you talk about it again? Since I already okay. said. <laughs> well, if I was going to make a suggestion, the complete series of The Batman oh. is on is on Netflix now. All five seasons. It's, oh, it's, is it is it new? Because I know that in, Jul- in July they kick over like a new thing, so that's still going to be there. As of as of. 1 a.m., 2 a.m. last okay. night. Right. It, it was all five seasons were on there, and great. it's great. I really, really that's a that's a fun series. It's not nearly as dark as as some of the Batman the animated the series. animated series was. You know the the one that kicked it off. Is it between kind of like is it the Batman sort of like the the, the porch that's just right between the animated series and and the uh, Brave and the Bold? Right, it, it, that's great. It's right. Brave and the Bold is truly, truly for six, seven, eight year olds. And man, children. The the, anim- yeah. the anim- <laughs> right. and, Robert's, and Robert. Yeah, Robert's raising his hand. The animated series was really dark and and everybody's favorite. Everybody with a brain, and then uh, but yeah, this is this is a happy medium in between the two. So Batman, the anime, and glow. Well, okay, <laughs> it can it can 
if only Batman could like appear on Glow in the next season. A note to producers: John, Rob- who would you have Batman wrestle on Glow? Ooh. The, the, wait, wait. Well, I the mean, glow, glow, the original glow, or glow from the the, the series, new, right? Because the the, char- the characters are different. So, and the, I mean, I think Batman versus Palestina, Palestina, <laughs> yeah, from the real glow. That that's that that, that is the way to go. Um, again, Robert, thank you for a letting us in your house, knowing who and what we are. That's the big ups there. B, we're never leaving. <laughs> anytime. We we, we have Yeah, Robert said anytime, and I don't think he realizes. <laughs> The can of worms. We have that, your that, that address. Um, which we'll be posting on, on Friendster. Uh, we will, with Robert's permission, be posting you know pictures of the game and the keychains that go with each and every one. Uh, Stay tuned for our follow-up sideshow with Robert. And we're just focusing on gaming arcades. This is so, this is my baby. I, Robert and I are just going to geek out on stuff. He's going to know way more about arcades than I am because uh, he, he's much more well-versed in that. So um, Thursday, Thursday there will be a sideshow. Yes. Now, uh, how can people get in touch with us, Joe? I have no fucking idea. And he's the smart one. We are fucked. <laughs> if you go to Facebook, you can like us on Facebook, Carnival Personnel Is podcast. that a difficult thing to do? I was in the middle of a plug, dude. Is that a difficult thing to do? I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I'm not a Facebook guy. So tell me how liking a page works. No. Okay. Because hey. you're stupid. How? It's not going to stick. If I tell you now, you're, you're just going to forget when you leave. I'll write it down. If you go to Facebook and look at look for Carnival Personnel Podcast, we're at Carnival Podcast. We wanted to steer away from at Carnival Personnel because it's hard to spell personnel. <laughs> that's with two N's? Right. Or two L's. And the seven <laughs> is silent. And the seven is silent. Right, right. We, 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 the Scrabble players, we are not. <laughs> uh, go to Carnival Podcast on Twitter. Um, you can, you know, follow us there. We don't really, I don't know. We, it, it's kind of a bogus account. We don't really do anything on that. We, we, we will. We, we will. We'll, we'll post we need stuff. followers, though. I'm not going to tweet to just me and Jacques. No, Biff is following now. All right. Hey, Biff. Now, is it really hard to go to iTunes, subscribe, press review, and write a review? Is that a difficult thing for people to do? No, not for smart Apparently people. Apparently it is, because none of you bastards have done it. I'm sorry. So all you bastards out there, if you could just get off your fat fucking No, no, ass. no. Stay on your fat fucking ass. Oh, right, right, right. Because you got your Roll computer. over to the computer um, and just uh, do a review. I mean, and by the way, if you're texting, all of you friends out there that text jock, like of all, all these amazing things that we could do to better the podcast, put it on Facebook. Let other people know and chime in and voice your opinion. And don't be afraid to... Be public and put it out there. Privacy is a thing of the past. This is the future. And the most important thing is, please do not forget. Sure, the crowd.